Welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast for Friday, November 1st, 2019. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite hockey team every single day. As always, I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and I don't know about you, but I am dragging today, but more on that in a moment. Before we get into the show, I want to let you know that, again, this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be as well as take a look around the NHL. To keep up with the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, please follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. And you can also find me at Ian C. McLaren. Subscribe to Locked On Boston Bruins via Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever else you listen. Please, uh, like I said, subscribe, download, listen to the show every day, rate the show, review the show. Uh, very much appreciated if you did all of those steps. Now, back to today's show. It's crazy to think that it is November already. We're in the second month of the season. Uh, last night, of course, was Halloween. It was raining like mad here. And uh, there's certainly some uh, hollow Halloween candy hangover going on in my house. Uh, I don't know if for fellow parents out there, the day after Halloween is always a little nutty, and uh, it's an extra gong show today as uh, there's no school today up here as the teachers wisely uh, scheduled a PA day. Uh, So yeah, a little bit of craziness, and then add on to that the fact that it is November and you have to think about raking the leaves and putting everything away for winter and getting winter tires on uh, the vehicles. Uh, I don't know about you, but it's not my favorite day of the year, but on we march and talk about some Boston Bruins news and notes to kick off today's show. Later on, we'll do All the President's Men, which is a weekly look at the uh, NHL Power Rankings Top 5 teams. And uh, just to finish up, we'll look at some uh, just news and notes from around the NHL that might be interesting to us Bruins fans. Uh, first Up, the Bruins held practice on Friday morning in advance of Saturday's game against the Ottawa Senators. A couple interesting notes from practice. First, Kevin Miller uh, was able to join his teammates for practice, although he was wearing a non-contact jersey. You may recall Kevin suffered a broken kneecap back on April 4th in a game against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, He was injured throughout the postseason. Uh, and has not played since that time. He was eyeing a return for the Stanley Cup Final, but he re-injured his knee while going through off-ice training during the Eastern Conference Final in Carolina, and he's slowly but surely making his way back into the lineup. He only played 39 games last year uh, due to various injuries, Uh, but he could be back to practicing in full sometime next week. Um... So Bruce Cassidy, after practice, he said, we'll see how he did. I'm sure he's fine coming out of today's practice. It was in contact. I suspect he'll join us for practice in a contact jersey sometime next week. Um, And uh, he probably won't be available for the next three games at least, but he could be in line for a return. At that point, they'll have to try to make some uh, roster decisions, uh, seeing as there's already seven active defenseman on the roster at this point. Um, 
Cassidy also mentioned that uh, Tuka Rask will get the start against the Senators. And uh, there was an interesting wrinkle in practice uh, that Brett Ritchie was missing from the session. He did not skate. Uh, and it was actually Connor Clifton who took his spot uh, on right wing, skating with Anders Bjork and Charlie Coyle. Now that uh, would be a shock to see if that stuck for a game action. Uh, Bruce Cassidy said he expects uh, Richie to play Saturday against the Senators, but there was some level of concern with him missing practice entirely. Um, I mean, Clifton can skate. He's got offensive uh, abilities to his game, but uh, obviously they'd probably call someone up if Richie is not able to go. Uh, so those are some interesting news and notes from practice. News-wise, the NHL named their three stars of the month for October, and David Pasternak uh, emerged as the second star of the month league-wide. Uh, his 12 goals and 12 assists and 24 points in 12 games played. Uh, he trails Edmonton's Leon Dreisaitl for the league lead in points. Dreisaitl, who is the third star of the month, has 12 goals and 13 assists in 14 games played. And the number one star was Washington Capitals defenseman John Carlson, uh, who has 23 points, uh, 7 goals, 16 assists through 14 games. Now again, if we look at points per game, Pasternak leads the league with an even 2 points uh, per game. Dreisaitl at 1.79 and Brad Marchand at third at 1.75. And then Connor McDavid and Carlson are tied for uh, the next highest average points per game with 1.64. So Marchand and Pasternak obviously in elite company at the moment. Your top five scorers overall are Dreisaitl, Pasternak, McDavid with 23, Carlson with 23, and then Marchand with 21. Nobody else in the league has uh, anything higher than 18 points. So an impressive start to the season for uh, two pairs of teammates and John Carlson, who is a defenseman, and he gets the extra bump as the first star of the month. That's pretty much all you need to know in advance of Saturday's uh, game at home against the Ottawa Senators. Ottawa is off to a 3-7-1 start. They're tied with New Jersey for the fewest points in the NHL with 7. They have a minus 7 goal differential, so it would be quite a shock if the Senators came into Boston and stole 2 points on Saturday night, but uh, you never know. Hockey is a weird game. Um, the Bruins' uh, next few games, just to take a look ahead at November, uh, they have some uh, interesting wrinkles on the schedule this month. Three sets of back-to-backs beginning uh, Monday the 4th and Tuesday the 5th. They'll be at home against Pittsburgh on the Monday. And then they travel to Montreal for their first game against the Canadians on uh, Tuesday the 5th. Uh, then they play the Red Wings on Friday uh, the 8th, Philadelphia on the 10th, Florida on the 12th. And then uh, the 15th and 16th is where things get really interesting. They'll be in Toronto on Friday the 15th to take out the Maple Leafs. And then they return home to play the Washington Capitals on Saturday the 16th. So that's how the first couple weeks look for uh, the Bruins here in November. Some winnable games against uh, Ottawa, Detroit, uh, certainly. But um, Pittsburgh has been playing well recently. The Canadians are playing better than expected uh, the Flyers are decent as well. 
Panthers are coming on, and then Toronto and Washington should uh, prove to be a bit of a test as well. So um, obviously the Bruins will not maintain their, you know, whatever, 80% uh, win percentage to date. Um, and these next couple weeks could be uh, a bit of a regression there for the Bruins, a tough test for them uh, over the next couple weeks. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, but for now, we'll see next where the Bruins fit in the All the President's Men, which is my weekly look at NHL power rankings and the NHL's top five teams. All right, we're back now with All the President's Men, which is my weekly look at the NHL power rankings and where I see the top five teams uh, ranking at this point in the season. Again, it's Friday, November 1st, so we've all been through the first month of the season right now and uh, have a bit of an accurate look at where teams sit. Uh, coming in at number five, this may surprise you, but I'm going to put the Vancouver Canucks. They are eight, three, and one to begin the season. They have a win percentage of 0.708, and they have, most surprisingly uh, to me, they have a league-leading uh, goal differential of plus 17. Uh, very impressive start to the Vancouver Canucks. I had picked them to make the playoffs in one of my pieces for uh, Daily Hive, um, but I didn't think they'd be off to this kind of start. Uh, so really impressive uh, defense that they're playing. They're only allowing 2.42 goals a game, which is uh, fourth best in the NHL. And uh, yeah, I'm giving the Vancouver Canucks a surprising bump this week into the uh, top five. Coming in at number four, I'm going to put the Red Hot New York Islanders, another surprise team at the moment. They have a record of 8-3-0 through 11 games. Uh, they're down a bit in terms of total points, but they have a win percentage of uh, 727, which is uh, fourth highest in the NHL. Uh, they are currently on a, what is it? Seven-game win streak. Uh, they're 8-2-0 and in their past 10 games. They were a surprise team last year, if you'll recall. There were some questions as to whether they could sustain that success, especially after Robin Leonard left and signed in Chicago. They brought in Semyon Varlamov. Uh, but it's been Thomas Grace, I believe, who's been uh, carrying uh, a lot of the load in net. And he was excellent last year. Barry Trotz runs a tight ship, of course. And they have uh, Mitch Cord as their uh Goalie coach who uh, just seems to uh, have the magic touch when it comes to managing his goaltenders there. Um, goal differential is only at plus seven, but uh, that's more a knock on, on the offense. They've only scored 34 goals in 11 games, uh, so hopefully they can find some more offense. But it doesn't seem as though they're going to take a big step back um, early on this season and could be in line for another surprise playoff spot. I, I believe that there'll be three teams coming out of the Metro this year, five from the um, Metro, oh, sorry, from the Atlantic. And that means, um, you know, Washington and Carolina seem pretty set in their playoff positions. Maybe Islanders will be battling the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins for that final spot, it looks like. But uh, that's neither here nor there. At this point in the season, right now, uh, New York Islanders coming in at number four on my power rankings. Up next, uh, I'm going to put the Washington Capitals. They uh, lead the NHL in total points with 21. Uh, 
They have played 14 games, uh, giving them a win percentage of 750. They have scored a league-high 53 goals, uh, but they've also allowed 46. So they only have a a goal differential of plus 7. But they, you know, as I said, they lead the league in points. They're 9-2-3. They have the likely Norris Trophy uh, winner, the favorite at this point for for sure, in uh, John Carlson, who, as I mentioned, was named the first star of the month. And uh, they seem as dangerous as ever. So they're in the third spot right now. Um, Number two, I'm going to put the Buffalo Sabres. They continue to impress with a uh, 9-2-2 start to the season uh, for 20 points in 13 games. That's, as I said, only one back of the Washington Capitals for tops in the league. And their win percentage of 7-6-9 is uh, second as well. They're coming off a shootout loss to the Arizona Coyotes on Monday. Uh, And they'll have a stern test coming up this weekend with games against uh, the Washington Capitals on Friday and then the New York Islanders on Saturday. So a big back-to-back there. Uh, And then they're off for a week before they play the uh, Lightning next week in Sweden, I believe. Um, Next weekend, Saturday and Friday and Saturday, they'll be playing in Sweden against the Lightning. So, um, again, a a really great, encouraging start to the season for the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, They have a plus uh, 11 goal differential. The defense has been much better than I thought it would be, and goaltending as well. Uh, Their 2.46 goals allowed per game is uh, sixth in the NHL. That was a big point of contention for them in the past. Uh, And Ralph Kruger seems to be, uh, yeah, someone that they believe in, someone that they trust. And... um, it looks like the Sabres will be well improved this season and they could be one of those five teams, I believe, that emerges from the Atlantic Division. That leaves us with the number one team, and that would be our Boston Bruins. They are 9-1-2 through 12 games. They have a league-leading point percentage of um, .833. They have a plus-16 Goal differential, which, as I mentioned, is second only to the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, And, you know, we've talked about it ad nauseum. They're off to as good of a start as anyone could have hoped for or expected following the um, loss in Game 7 to the St. Louis Blues. And if uh, you heard my chat yesterday with Rich Peverly, you'll note that he uh, credited that to the team's uh, core group of Zidane Archara, Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand. Uh, They work uh, diligently on and off the ice to stay in peak uh, form, and they just have a burning desire to win, and that carries on early this season. Uh, Like I mentioned, the uh, schedule starts to get a bit tougher, and and Rich Peverly also mentioned that, uh, you know, as we get into the dog days of the season through December, January, February, we might see this team take a bit of a dip uh, as they kind of, you know, get stuck in the doldrums of the season and uh, look ahead to the playoffs. But uh, yeah, for right now, uh, almost perfect start to the season. Only one regulation loss. That was to the Colorado Avalanche. Well, you'll notice I did not uh, admit to the top five this season, despite them being off to an 8-2-2 two two start, uh, 18 points. 
but they have lost Miko Rantanen and Gabriel Landeskog to lengthy injuries recently, and uh, that obviously hurts them uh, moving forward for the next few weeks at least. So all the president's men this week, NHL's top five. We had the Vancouver Canucks at five, New York Islanders at four, Washington Capitals at three, Buffalo Sabres at two, and our Boston Bruins at number one. Now, as always, we kind of want to qualify this by looking at uh, some basic advanced stats. The first one I like to look at is PDO, which is a, a sum of shooting percentage and save percentage at five-on-five five play, which is a good indicator of how uh, lucky teams have been by getting uh, excellent production in both areas or how teams are maybe struggling a bit due to some bad breaks that are keeping them from hitting the back of the net and keeping them from uh, keeping the puck out of their own net. Uh, of the top five teams I mentioned, uh, the Bruins, they have a PDO of 102.6, Canucks 102.6, uh, the Islanders at 102. So, you know, nothing egregious from these teams. Sabres are at 103. Point three, uh, due to their 94.24 save percentage at five on five play. Uh, so, you know, nobody's really um, striking me as being overly lucky to begin the season. I would say that the Sabres save percentage will probably dip a bit, uh, as well as the Bruins um, and perhaps the Canucks as well. Um, so, I th- maybe the Canucks would be in most danger of falling back. The Sabres shooting percentage is down closer to nine. Uh, so again, we would expect that a shooting percentage would be around uh, 10%, uh, save percentage around um, 90%, and those are kind of the averages uh, that would bring us up to 100. Usually, save percentage is higher than that, and um, so that's kind of how that number is calculated. In terms of teams that have gotten off to unlucky starts, that I would suspect would rise sooner than later. I've mentioned the Florida Panthers a ton on here. Uh, they're not getting the goaltending so far from Bobrovsky that they'd expected. Once that, if that uh, regulates, then they should rise the rankings as well. Same with the Maple Leafs. They're not quite getting production at 5-on-5. Five five. I would expect them to be up there when all is said and done. Um, surprisingly, the Lightning have a league-high 105.2 PDO. Um, and they're uh, kind of outside of the playoff picture looking in at this early stage of the season. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on as well. In terms of Corsi uh, percentage, that would be teams who are dominating possession, regularly out uh, attempting the opposition. Uh, the Bruins have a league third-ranked uh, Corsi percentage of 53.43%. Uh, so that bodes well for their sustained success. The Flyers lead the NHL at 54.05, followed by the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, so that's inc- those are encouraging numbers for them. Uh, the Flyers have a .971 PDO, meaning uh, they're not getting the scoring or saves and 5-on-5 five five play. But if they can begin to take advantage of these uh, positive possession numbers, then they could um, start to improve overall as well. If you have any questions or comments or feedback about uh, these power rankings and how I calculate them, feel free to uh, send me a message on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can also email the show at Locked On Boston Bruins, not at Locked On Boston Bruins, just Locked On Boston Bruins at gmail.com. 
and I'd be happy to respond or uh, talk further about this in one of our mailbag uh, sessions uh, through the week. So there you go. That's this week's Power Rankings. Finally, we'll just end the show by taking a quick look around the NHL. I think I failed to mention earlier this week that uh, Nashville Predators signed Roman Yossi to a pretty hefty contract extension. Uh, $72.472 million over eight years, I believe. And uh, Elliot Friedman in his latest 31 Thoughts, uh, he just mentioned how that might affect uh, Tori Krug of the Boston Bruins. Krug has nine points in his first 12 games. Friedman wrote... Uh, whatever the Bruins decide to do here, no one expects him to be dealt if he's unsigned by the trade deadline. Boston is going for it, and he's a big part of what they do. Now, I listened to the 31 Thoughts podcast yesterday as well, and Friedman mentioned that he believes Krug could command up to $8 million a year on his next contract. Uh, that may be a bit too rich for the Bruins. I think that would make him the highest paid player on the team. But you know what? It's not really that out of line with the, with the current market and uh, how teams would perceive his value. Uh, so the big question come off season is whether the Bruins can convince him to stick around on a more of a team friendly deal, the likes of which were signed by Brad Marchand and uh, David Pasternak, uh, even Patrice Bergeron to some extent. They also have uh, Charlie Coyle, who will be a uh, UFA this summer, and they'll want to sign him, no doubt. Jake DeBrusque and Anders Bjork will be RFAs. Matt Grizzlich is an RFA. And um, so you'll have to take care of those guys as well. So it could be a bit interesting with Krug, depending on which way he wants to go. If he wants to get max money, um, then it's possible that he he could be uh, gone and the, and the Bruins will lose him for nothing uh, based on this, uh, you know, stance that they're going to take to keep him which uh, I'm, I'm fully on board with um, so that will be interesting to keep an eye on uh, for sure speaking of uh, wheeling and dealing tsn released their first trade bait board of the season uh, yesterday uh, on that the top five players were chris Kreider, maple leafs defense and martin marinchin uh, i don't know how he's up there but uh, jesse poyarvi Julius Honka, Dallas Stars defenseman, and Travis Hamanick, a defenseman for the Calgary Flames. I believe the Bruins uh, would be interested in Kreider and possibly Pugliarvi as well. But um, those are interesting names to keep an eye out. I think uh, also Red Wings winger Andreas Athanasiu would be an interesting fit for the Bruins based on his uh, speed and skill. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who... The Bruins do target later on uh, with a view to uh, upgrading the top six winger situation as we all uh, expect that they will do uh, prior to the trade deadline. In other news, uh, it was announced the other day that Winnipeg Jets defenseman Dustin Bufflin uh, required recent ankle surgery. He could be up to four months. Now, he has been suspended by the Jets for not... Uh, reporting to training camp while he's been contemplating his future. His agent is currently in discussions with the NHLPA as they review the case, as it could have financial implications if it's determined his injury occurred while he was playing for the Jets. Uh, so again, he's on a leave of absence, mulling his future. He underwent surgery in Minnesota. 
and uh, things could get pretty complicated uh, if it is determined that he injured himself while playing for the Capitals um, and what the financial implications will be there. Uh, the league and the Players Association could come involved and it'll be interesting to uh, keep an eye on that just from a league perspective and whether or not Bufflin can come back because he's a, he's a dominating player, a uh, huge man. I, I walked, uh, I was walking downtown Toronto uh, quite, I guess uh, it was after he, just after he had been traded to uh, Winnipeg and um, walked past him on the street and was just dwarfed by him. And interestingly enough, he was wearing a suit and a Blackhawks cap after being traded to the Jets, uh, which was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, that's anyways, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed uh, today's show. If you have any feedback, questions, comments, feel free to at me on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. Uh, we've been at this now for 25 episodes, uh, one full month. Uh, and it's been a great privilege to be able to talk to you guys every day about the Boston Bruins as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Um, I hope you all have a great weekend. I'll be yeah, doing some fall maintenance around the house and trying to finish Breaking Bad as I'm now on season four of my rewatch. Greatest show of all time. No disagreements from anyone, please. Um, if you didn't catch yesterday's episode with Rich Peverly, I encourage you to check that out the October 31st episode of Locked On Boston Bruins and of course we'll be back on Monday to chat about how things went against the Ottawa Senators and to look ahead to the games coming up early next week against Pittsburgh and Montreal so yeah have a great weekend everyone and we'll talk to you later